Welcome to the 13th episode of the Wade the Elephant podcast. Um, once again, joining me is Garrett. Garrett, you want to say hi? Good evening. And uh, remotely joining us is Angie. Angie, are you there? Is this working? Hey, can it, you hear me? We can hear you. It, it almost sounds like you're right here. It is very good quality with the Anchor app, which we're using for this podcast. That's um, right, Anchor, for all of your podcast needs. That's right. Uh, so we had a listener write in with some questions on uh, crime. And since Garrett and I both have a checkered past, to say the least, we thought we would go ahead and answer some of these questions. And Angie, you're going to be the one asking the questions, right? Is that correct? Yes. All right, good. She's still there. Yes. All right, so should we just jump right into it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, question number one. How old were you when you first remember thinking that stealing was a good idea? I don't recall how old I was. I wasn't like a little kid innocently taking something, but I was probably 15 or 16 the first time I shoplifted something and... What possessed me to do it? I'm not sure. I just weren't you the kid that used to steal CDs from Pomida all the time, or was that tapes? It was probably tapes back in the day, but uh, or wasn't it you? I don't think I stole from Pomida before I worked at Pomida. Oh, okay. Uh, So for any of you listening that aren't familiar with what a Pomida is, it's basically a Shopco. It's a a and for those of you that don't know what a Shopco is, it was basically a 1980s Walmart. Yeah. In smaller towns. <laughs> yes. So I don't remember really stealing from Pomida before I worked at Pomida, but when I worked there, I ended up stealing a lot of stuff. I was five years old. We lived in the country. We never had any extra money. My mom gave me and my sister like a little bit of change to go into the Ben Franklin and get a candy, and there wasn't nearly enough money there to get the candy that I wanted. And the lady behind the counter was seemed really trusting and friendly so she was doing other things and busy so i just kept stuffing my pockets and then every time she'd look over i'd be like have a piece of candy in my hand and i'd be like this one looks good what do you think of this one and she'd be like oh that's a nice one that's a good one and i'd be like hmm and then i'd put it back and be looking at other ones and she'd turn around and as soon as she turned around i'd be stuffing the candy in my pockets and i remember i got out to the vehicle and like uh my mom was like you got a lot of candy for the amount of money and I was like, it was on sale. And she just was busy with life and didn't even think twice about it. But I think Ben Franklin in St. James is probably where I stole. First, I, it was uh, it was a store in town that was uh, it was really easy to steal from back in the day. Yeah. They didn't have any high tech security system. Yeah, we're talking nineteen eighty five. Yeah, and I think that uh, when I started stealing, it was because other kids were doing it too, and they were kind of like, yeah, man, it's totally easy. You can totally get away with it. And, yeah, that's what probably led me into my life of crime. Ah. Am I supposed to answer the same question? You can. I believe that I first stole when I was 15, and I I don't think that I ever thought stealing was a good idea. Like, no one is like, yeah, go steal. Like, that's a good thing. I just think I was a super entitled teenager who was like, I want it, and I don't have the money, so I'm just going to take it. 
So I don't think I ever thought it was a good idea, but I was 15 when I first stole. Let me ask you this. So when I did it, would you you did it younger than either oh, of us. Man, I like... was probably about 15 or 16 at the time that I did it too. But uh, like I said, everyone was doing it. Mm-hmm. Like the people that I knew were doing it. Do you think the kids nowadays it's still like a thing? Do you think like teenagers oh, yeah, still worse. steal? It's worse. But the only difference is now the technology makes it tougher. But like, um, I know for a fact that Casey's gas stations do not have cameras that go to the back of the store. And I know of people that are like, yeah, if you want to steal from Casey's, just grab whatever you want, walk to the back of the store, and stuff it in your pants. They can't see back there. All their cameras are focused on people robbing them at the register. And I'm like, well, you know, and I haven't shoplifted really since I was like 18 because as soon as I realized, like, oh, it's, I'm old enough now, I'd go to jail for stealing some candy or whatever. Even in my, even in, when I was a criminal, the risk to reward was like, I'm not gonna get humiliated by stealing from a store, not unless it was a whole lot of money uh, or something very valuable. It, I'm talking about back when I was a criminal. Yeah. Um, it, I would have never did that. Because of the fact that there was anything that was worth stealing was under lock and key now. They're smart about it. Even like Walmart has all their expensive electronics. It's very difficult. Best Buy. And surveillance systems are yeah. way cheaper than they were back. Back in the day, they used to record onto a tape. I've it wasn't of, any digital. You know. I've heard of people that have gotten out of Walmart with stuff. And the cops figured out who they were from the videotape and, and the Facebook app. And went back and like messaged them on Facebook and was like, "This is Officer So and So with the Mankato Police Department. Uh, if you get a hold of us within the next twenty four hours, we're not going to put out a warrant. Um, Walmart just wants their stuff back." Like, so I mean, yeah, it's way more elaborate than it was when we were kids. And as far as like, I guess the wording of the questions weird to me. Like when I thought it was a good idea, like how about I was extremely broke and poor as a kid. My family didn't have money at that time. And I hated doing without. I remember moving to town at 8, and I would regularly steal candy at the gas station up the street because we would walk to Armstrong School every day, and um, <clears throat> my friends always had money for candy, and I never had anything. Well, I'm not going to just do without the candy, and it ain't like they're going to just hand me free stuff every day, so I had to get my own. So was it a good idea? I think it was a good idea. I don't think... I think when I was younger or when I was involved in criminal activity... I didn't look at it as whether it was a good idea or not. I looked at it as to whether I needed it or thought I needed it. And if I, my family doesn't have the money to provide it, then I'll make a way, even if it means taking out of somebody. Better your family cry than mine. So. Yeah. Yeah, as far as, like, good idea, I knew it was wrong. I wasn't like, no, it's it's right. And if you would have yeah. told me otherwise, I would have been like, what? What do you mean? Yeah. I'm trying to do this. Yeah. Sounds like a grand plan. Yeah. Like, that's not how I thought. Okay. Question number two. What were your reasons for stealing? Is it because you needed the item? You wanted to hurt the victim for fun, the challenge, because you wanted the item or to see if you could get away with it? It's a lot of options. For me, it never, it was never I was stealing to feed my family. I wasn't ever in need of it. I wanted it. And a lot of times it was a challenge. Like as I continued to do this, because uh, I did it well into my twenties, 
uh, it was a challenge. I would go into a store and I would, I mean, you, like you said, you were saying to the lady, like, yeah, is this a good one? Like, just a, hey, I know if I make some sort of interaction, I would check out and be like, okay, a camera's there, a camera's there. They can't obviously probably see here. You would literally case the place, you know, you'd case the joint and yeah. figure it out. So uh, there was a challenge to it and I'd get kind of a rush maybe, like, hey, I was able to pull it off. But uh, it was never a, I need, well, actually, there was one time it was I needed it. I stole insulin from, I believe it was a Shopco, where you could go up to the pharmacy counter and you could get insulin without a prescription. And I would tell them, like, well, I've got some other shopping to do. And so they'd give me the bottle of insulin and then I'd go and do some more shopping. And I'd just, you know, a bottle of insulin's tiny. And I was able to just stick that in. And uh, that was one of the times I got caught, but only after I'd done it like three or four different times at that same place. Uh, but there I did need it. I didn't have the money Yeah, that's for a it. necessity. Um, read off the reasons again. Um, so it says, because you needed the item, you wanted to hurt the victim for fun, the challenge, because you wanted the item, or to see if you could get away with it. Um, three times in my life I stole to get even with someone who had either done me wrong or taken from me. Um, so I can say that, yeah, I definitely did it a few times to pay back. I used to be such a low life that if you had a loud stereo in your car and you drove past my mom's house when I was a teenager, I'd go steal it from you within the next week or two. Like, people would turn their stereo down when they drove past our house because... They didn't want me stealing their stuff, and I always took it like an invitation. If you're going to shake the windows in my house, uh, yeah, fair enough. Uh, challenge accepted. Not, I know that wasn't right. That's where my mindset was. Um, there was always the sense of a challenge in doing it, um, and there was a rush that came along with it. But really, my stealing escalated when I became addicted to drugs. And I felt this extreme need for drugs. And so most of my stealing came from me feeling like crap if I didn't have uh, the drugs that I wanted or felt that I needed. Um, it also came, uh, DMX has this line in one of his songs where it says, I ain't never had shit and I ain't gonna be shit. That's why I take shit whenever I see shit. And like, I heard that when I was like 16 and I was like, man, that's my life. Like, uh, the rich are rich, the poor are poor, nobody's ever going to hand me nothing. And, you know, real childish mindset, like the whole idea of, like, when I grow up, nobody's going to tell me nothing. That's a child's idea of maturity. When you actually grow up, you realize somebody's always going to tell you what to do, be it a boss, be it a uh, whatever. You're, you're never going to get to a point in your life where nobody tells you anything. That's foolish. That's childish. Um... So when I was younger, I had this entitlement attitude that I grew up poor, nobody ever handed me nothing. Um, I almost was sociopathic where I was like, everything in the world is mine, I just haven't taken it yet. And I had lost very little sleep over taking from other people. It wasn't until uh, I was stolen from and uh, God actually used it um, to show me what it feels like. And I haven't stolen since, so. I think for me, like I said, I didn't like ever steal something until I was 15. And honestly, 
I didn't need it. I know I just wanted it, and I wanted to see if I could get away with it. Like, 15 was, like, the year, I guess, I kind of spiraled out of control. Like, I started using drugs really bad. And so once that started, I was like, well, let's see what else I can do. Let's see what else I can get away with. And so for me, it was just the thrill of, like, oh, can you not get caught? So I know I didn't need it. I just wanted it. Yeah, like when I was stealing hood ornaments at the parking lot of the Valley Fair, I definitely didn't need that. And my mom had actually paid to get us in. That was one of the few things that she could do is save money all year so we could go to Valley Fair. And I'm like 14 years old. I think that was like one of the last years we went to Valley Fair. She's like, yeah, if you're going to be stealing hood orna Cadillac hood ornaments in the parking lot, obviously this isn't fun enough for you guys anymore. So, Right. Okay, question three. I think you touched on it a little bit, Garrett, but it says, did you ever feel bad about stealing? Um, was there something about it while you were doing it or after? So you were saying you felt bad because your mom, did she bust you stealing? No, the security you know? guards busted oh. me and my friend Jeff. And of course, we were, I threw mine under a car and he kept his in his pockets. So when they caught us, they, they had, he had hood ornaments on him and I'm guilty by association. So. As far as in the moment, ever feeling bad, I was caught stealing, shoplifting, four different times maybe five of course you feel bad after you get caught where you're just like oh my god but like when i successfully was able to shoplift something i never really felt bad about it there was something broken inside of me that was causing me to do it like i said more more so for the rush of doing it than anything i ever needed but it was like hey i probably could shove that inside my coat and get away with it and it's kind of neat. I'd want it. And if I don't want it, I'm not out anything. So, yeah, as far as the feeling bad after doing it, maybe the first time I did. But I honestly can't remember if I felt like I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. But then I got over it. Because, again, I was listening to the little devil on the one shoulder who was just saying, like, hey, no, don't worry about it. I had so much self-hatred when I was younger. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I had this intense fear of my father, of, like getting caught and what my father would do to me. But, uh, like I said, I think when I was younger, I had like, you know, autism is a spectrum. Um, many different things are on a spectrum. I, I think sociopathic behavior is on a spectrum. And I think that that's something when I was younger that I struggled with because I hated myself so much that I didn't know what it felt like to have empathy. I could have sympathy if I saw somebody going through something worse than me. Oh, I'd feel bad for them. But it was impossible for me to actually try and touch into how they actually felt. Like, I, I, that only came in the last five years of my life. I was in my 30s before I developed empathy. Um, and I'm thankful for it. I believe it was a gift from God because it was something that before my faith, I don't think that I was capable of. Um, and when I say I felt bad, I stole from my own family members at times when I was a teenager. And I don't ever really remember feeling bad unless I got caught. Like one time, I sold my sister a car amplifier, and then 
took it and sold it to my brother as if they're not going to figure out what happened. And boy, they were pissed at me, obviously. But I didn't feel bad. I don't remember feeling bad. Now that I, when I got older, of course, like I started, you know, and a lot of that stuff has caught up with me. I used to steal bikes as a teenager. I'd steal freestyle bikes from St. James and take them down to Wyndham. And I had to be really, like, smart about it. Like, if I loaded a bunch of really nice freestyle bikes in my mom's trunk, to head to my dad's house for the summer, she'd be like, what is this? But if I took them all apart and they were just bike parts, I could load a thousand dollars worth of freestyle bikes into the trunk of the car and she wouldn't bat an eye at it. She might, the frames look nice, but everything else was just bike parts. And then I'd unload them there and put them all back together and put them in my dad's shed and sell them at the park. I'd ride over where everybody's playing ball and everybody'd be like, whoa, is that a Schwinn Predator? And I'd be like, yeah, but I've got a newer bike. This is my old one. I'm selling it for like 150 You know, I'd sell it. And they'd be like, how much? And I'd be like, 150 And they're like, that's a $300 bike. I'm like, yeah, well, I've been mowing lawns. And the family would come and look, you know, the, the, the kid would leave and come with his dad. And they'd go to, you know, and they'd come back with $150. And uh, I never felt guilty for a minute because the kids that I took them from were kids that I knew had extra money. Like I knew like, oh, yeah, your dad bought you that. He'll buy you another one when I steal it. But... That wasn't, now I recognize how yeah. wrong it was. Yeah, and, but, and the way that the question's worded, again, when I answer it, I say, in the moment, I didn't feel bad. Now, looking back, I feel bad about it, really bad. Like, why did I ever think it was okay to do that? Yeah. You know? But so I never not, lost yeah. sleep at the time. Yeah, at the time, I wasn't, oh. uh, it, again, maybe the first time I was like, oh my God, I shouldn't have done that. But then I got hooked on the rush of the <clears> fact that I got away with it, yeah. where I was like, oh my God. It it's, wasn't that big of a deal. It's only been recently that I have been able to separate myself from the pride of it. It used to be when I got to talking about it, I would talk about how slick I was and how smooth I Like when I talk about how I took him from my mom's house to get him to my dad's house. I used to tell that and well up with pride about how, oh man, when I was 13, I was already a hustler. No, when I was 13, I was already screwing other people over, you know? Um, so yeah, at the time I never lost sleep. I never was laying in bed and was like, man, I bet they really missed their bike. I was just like, I'm about to get paid, you know? So yeah, I don't think that I ever like, I didn't shoplift that often. And like maybe the four times that I did, I was never caught. And at the time that I did it, I could like, I didn't care at all. Like I didn't feel bad. I didn't sure. feel guilty. Um, I was young and I was like, the world owes me something. So I'm going to take it. But I think I felt bad after, not, like, to the place or, like, I felt bad knowing, like, if my mom would have known because at the time, at that age, a lot of the, like, bad behavior I was trying to keep hidden from my parents and knowing that it would have disappointed my mom made me really upset because I know that if I would have just been like, Mom, I want this, she would have just dropped everything and probably gotten it. But for me, it was just, like, this rush of, no, you can get it yourself and you don't have to pay for it. And so there's also this part for me that was like anybody rich enough to own a store uh, isn't going to miss what I take. And watching uh, when I was little, my dad used to steal cigarettes from Pomida. And I remember watching him and thinking like, this is how you get by when you're short on money. So it was put into my head, even like watching my dad do it. Like, okay, you know, uh, he can't be too mad. So like, I figured I could steal from Pomida, and I never really worried about it because if I got caught, I'd be like, but Dad, isn't that how we get what we want? Like when you take cigarettes. Um, but like if I got caught stealing a bike from somebody, he'd be really mad about that because he'd be like, well, that's not a store. 
you steal from the store, you're stealing from the rich, and screw the rich. But yeah. if you steal from another kid, you know, maybe he mowed lawns for that bike. So my dad had this weird morality about him, where he, my dad always distrusted the rich or the wealthy or people that had excess. So I think that was kind of ingrained in me at a young age, too, as I like, yeah, screw them, they're rich. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and, and even like as an adult, uh, the last time that I got in big trouble, I was wanted in seven counties for motor vehicle thefts. I drive along the outside edge of a town because that's where rich people build their houses is right on the edge of town where they have two or three acres and I drive by and here's this giant house, $100,000 RV, a bunch of nice stuff in the yard and here's a $6,000 John Deere rider mower on an aluminum trailer and the hitch isn't locked and I'd be like, oh, you should have put a bow on it, and I'd pull up and hook on and drive away and I'd sell it and I always thought, this guy's got insurance, this guy's got six figures in the bank, look at it. Not even really, like, that man also works for that. That's his. Um, but that's how I justified things in my mind. I'm not a sneak thief. I don't go to people's houses and steal. You know, if you invite me into your house, you don't have to worry about me stealing your stuff. That's that's what a low life does is how I would mm-hmm. justify it. But if I drive by somebody's house that has way more than they need, hey, man, I ain't, you know, it's kind of like that liberal philosophy. Like, hey, man, you got a bunch. I ain't got enough. You ought to just throw some my way because my life's harder. Not... Not looking at the fact that I make poor choices. I don't spend my money wisely. I'm using drugs. No, you owe me something because you're doing good. And so then I uh, didn't feel any compunction uh, uh, or any remorse uh, for taking that. Now I do. But uh, at that time, yeah, I, anybody that had more than me, I'll just share the wealth or else I'll make sure you do. So. Okay, I'm going to put these next two questions together because... I feel like a lot of what I'm asking ends up leading into like the next one. So it says, did you ever worry about the consequences of stealing if you got caught? And did you ever try to justify the stealing? So, so as far as worrying about the consequences, I, as I got older and was doing it, uh, I would mitigate the risk. Like I wasn't, uh, and I knew, like I said, I knew a lot of people that did it and I knew some people who would just do it and I'd be like, did you even bother to check with, like, I would look down on them. Like, man, you're going to fuck up. You're going to slip up one of these days. Cause you're just going in and grabbing a CD and sticking it under your shirt. And like, did you even check to see if that CD has one of the little tags? that's going to set it off, you know, where I, I didn't, worry as much as I should have like I again was listening to the devil on the one shoulder and he was just like no 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 no, you're fine you're good at this you're smart look at the way you do it and you've got a system yeah and I would mostly steal from uh stores and so I felt like you know what Walmart or Best Buy or whatever like this isn't gonna affect their bottom line and so I didn't feel like, no, I'm taking from this store. And of course, if they have enough loss over a year, they're going to be raising their prices and everyone else is going to be paying for it. Like, I never thought of that. Like, all I would think about is myself. And again, I used to think, like I said, I was listening to the wrong voice. I was listening to that little devil on my shoulder who was just like, no, you're good at this. And then when I would get away with it, that little voice would just encourage me even more to be like, I told you you were good at this. Look at you go. Yeah. What's the, read the question again, please. Um, so did you ever worry about the consequences of stealing and did you ever try to justify the stealing? You know, I think I kind of answered that mm-hmm. in my previous ones, just in the fact mm-hmm. that, yeah, I thought about the consequences when I was young enough to get a whooping from my dad. But as soon as I was old enough that that wasn't, a, as soon as I went to jail the first time and realized, dude, I'm the biggest guy in this cell block. And like, uh, 
the guys that are in here are people that I know. And after going to jail once or twice, I was like, what is jail? And then especially after going to prison the first time, I was like, oh, this is Minnesota prison. This isn't, you know, I'm not in California or Texas. This is Minnesota prison. And mind you, you can get <laughs> you can get hurt in there if you're an idiot. But if you're somewhat of a decent guy and you stand up for yourself, prison in Minnesota is not bad at all That, in that regard. It's terrible being away from your family. But... Yeah, as soon as I was old enough that I didn't have to worry about consequences for my father, the consequences from the state never were any kind of a deterrent for me. Um, I don't know if that answers it. But. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely like thought about the consequences, um, but I didn't care. And um, I don't think I ever tried to justify when I stole because I really mm. did think that the world owed me something. I was so mad at the world and mad at myself that um, I was just going to do what I wanted. So... I thought about the consequences, but I guess the short answer is, like, I just didn't care. And looking back, that was really stupid, but... And I think I mentioned it earlier, too, where I had something inside me that was broken. And I think all three of us, with our past, have had something inside of us that was broken. And so you, you were doing it almost as a way of lashing out, where you're just like... It's if I got caught, I'll get the attention that I'm kind of seeking anyways. Mm -hmm. And if I don't get caught, hey, I got that thing I wanted. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right. It says, did you feel like you deserved the items you stole more than the owner did? If so, why? Well, yeah. Like I explained, uh, I was raised that... Uh, people that have more than me aren't to be trusted they probably and the other thing that my dad used to really kind of drill home was how do you think they got it how do you think people get rich by stepping on other people so if you drive by and you see a guy that's got way more than the average person you probably got it by stepping on the average man mm -hmm. so and my dad wasn't the kind to go out and and like the few times that the only thing i ever saw him steal that I and I believe the only thing he ever stole through my life was cigarettes because he was addicted to cigarettes and when he would run out of money um he would go in and I remember watching him and he was terrible at it but nobody would say anything to him because he was a uh, almost a 50 year old Vietnam vet you know and nobody wanted to deal with that kind of crazy if you accused him of stealing I don't know what he would have did um but yeah he'd steal a couple packs because back then they used to have cigarettes just in like uh, where you have like the bargain bins by the checkout counters, they would just have those packed with two for one cigarette packs, and he'd just be doing something else. And as we'd walk by, he'd grab a couple, throw them in the cart, and we'd go around the corner, and he'd put them in his pockets, and then he'd buy something for a buck or two, and then we'd leave. And I just remember thinking like, oh, that's pretty slick, you know. Um, but I was taught that I was taught that uh, it's okay, you know. Uh, my dad would. It, I don't know, I just kind of got this from him. I'd never steal from somebody that was in a lower position or equal to me. But if they were in a higher spot than me, uh, then uh, then it wasn't wrong. Yeah, you were raised with a mindset of like, well, they were stepping on the little guy. I'm the little guy and I'm Robin Hood. I was I'm just gonna, kidding. Yeah. yeah, I'm Robin Hood. I'm not sharing it with anybody, but yeah, I'm Robin Hood, you know. Yeah, I don't know if I like ever thought about the owner. I guess thinking about it now, like, the small town I was in, like, when I did shoplift, it was from, like, 
a Dollar General, which is, like, corporate. Like, they have tons of money. So, looking back, it's like, oh, what they really lose out of it? But I also know, like, in my little hometown, there was, like, a little store called, like, Duber's, which, huh. like, you know, people that you knew ran it. And I know that, like, I went in there, but I would never take from them because I knew them and, like, I knew their family. Um, but, like, stealing from the Dollar General, I was like, what do I care? Like, I don't know these people, so... That's funny. Our, I don't know. <laughs> our Ben Franklin turned into a Dubers. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question. Um, were you ever worried about the damage to your reputation if you were to get caught stealing? <laughs> what reputation? I was in trouble from a young age. I never worried about what other people thought. I, uh, that was the last thing on my mind. I also sold drugs on a regular... From the time I was, like, 16, I had a hookup on weed, and I sold weed for most of my life. Everybody knew that I sold weed. My reputation around town was more of that than it was of stealing. So, like, I was proud of that. I was like, yeah, and they can't catch me because it's just weed and nobody's going to tell because what are you going to do, pull them over with... You know, with a bag of pot on them, you're going to give them a ticket. They ain't going to tell on me over a ticket. And um, so my reputation was always one of an outlaw, you know. Well, that's how I like to I'm an outlaw. Everybody else is like, he's a piece of shit weed dealer. <laughs> like, yeah. to be honest. Your perceived I, reputation among your peers was like, no, they look up to me. They think I'm cool because I got skills. I can do I'm this. I'm a man. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I can sling weed or I can... You know, I can steal. As far as me and my reputation among anyone outside of what I considered my peers, like, they did it too. So they, like, oh, you oh you got that? Where'd you get that? You're like, yeah, man, I was able to steal something this big. Like, how did you yeah. fit that in your code? Remember all the right? car stereos I'd have in my, uh, like, my furniture in my green room, like, which was the hangout room. Like, I had, like, speaker boxes with $500 subs stacked up with a blanket over them and that was our coffee table for the week you know i was always proud of that. i had a bunch of cd decks in the closet oh you need a stereo system you know a bag of weed stereo system you know what else so yeah as far as my reputation among anyone else i didn't i had such a myopic view on life i didn't even see like what would the the town the community as a whole think of me if they knew i did this yeah uh I, I didn't even think of that at all. No. I definitely did. I was definitely worried about my reputation, but I was worried about it in two ways because I almost felt like, in a way, like, I was two different people at the age where I, like, started doing those things. So, like, in one way, I was worried about my reputation of, like, being a badass who, like, stole, and she does drugs, and she got away with it. But then the other part, like, that my family knew is, like, she's sweet, and she does good in school, and she would never steal... So it was like, I don't know, it was like vice versa, like, I was... to keep those two lives apart. Like, keeping them apart, like, wanting the crowd that I was, like, running with at the time to be like, yeah, she fits with us. But then also knowing that, like, if I got caught, the people that I care about the most would be like, that's not her, like, why would she do that? So I definitely did think about it in that aspect. Okay, this one's really long. Did you put more or less value... On the items you stole than ones you acquired honestly. In other words, if you stole an item, 
Were you more proud of having it because you got it for free or less proud because you didn't pay for it yourself? Easy come, easy go. Anything I stole, I'd sell for cheap. I go steal something else. I never put any sentimental value into stolen stuff. I might steal something really nice and hold on to it for a little bit and be like, yeah, check this out. It's cool. But after a, maybe a couple days or a week, I was like, who's got, who's got 200 bucks? You can have it, you know? So I, yeah, when I, now that, especially now that I work for things and I earn them, it's a whole different level. And I'm very upset. If somebody were to steal from me, I would be irate. I would be extremely upset if I was stolen from now because I earned it. Yeah, for me, it's the same way. Like, I put way more value on something that you earned than anything back then. And I've got a very specific memory of something I stole. Like, I work on cars, work on my own vehicles all the time, mostly out of necessity because I can't afford to take it anywhere else. But I know how to get around a car and do the things that need to be done to fix a car. Back then, I didn't. And so I had stole one of those... Uh, horns that could play like la cucaracha or play like Like yeah 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 play all kinds of different like you could program it to play different tunes when you honk your horn and i lifted up the hood of my car and i'm just looking like okay well i know where the battery is and trying to figure out how to wire it in and maybe spent an hour hour and a half with a buddy of mine and then when i was like i'm never gonna figure this out i just fucking threw it away like, I didn't even, like, I didn't sell things like you, you know, would steal things and sell things. So I was like, I don't need this. And I just threw it in the dump, threw it in the garbage. And some garbage man found, like, the thing in the package probably still knew it. It was just like, holy shit, somebody just tossed this out? Because that's how little I cared about it. Whereas, like, well, I can't figure it out. I'm not out anything. Didn't cost me anything, so just toss it in the garbage. Like, no value at all. Wow. No, yeah. I think it's, been, like, an interesting question because now that, like, I've read it out loud. This is something I, like, never thought about. And it sounds really shady to say, but until I started, like, making my own money and getting things for myself, I don't think I placed value on anything I owned. Like, if my mom got it, okay, it was her money. I didn't care. Like, nothing has had value to me until I, like, started working for it and, like, getting it for myself. But I know, like, there was this, I don't know how old I was, but I stole a flask. And at that time, I was like, you're underage, you have a flask. I valued the shit out of that. Like, that was the one thing I stole that I was like, oh, nobody can top this. (laughs) And I remember, like, a few years ago, I was, like, cleaning through my stuff, and I found it, and I was like, oh, you sorry, like, bitch. Like, I just threw (laughs) threw that flask away, and I was like, wow, how things have changed. Like, so things are different now that, like you guys have said, you work for it, you earn it, so... All right, next question. Did anything your parents say or did cave you to think it was okay to steal? Cause you to think, I think. Mm, cause, yeah. yeah. Um, no. My parents definitely raised me in a household where I knew it was wrong. And whatever caused me to step over that line when I first started doing it, it wasn't anything for me that was because of my parents and Garrett I think you kind of already shared the, yeah. well, with your my dad mo- my mom was impeccable with her character always has been I can't think of a single time that my that I know of I'm sure there has been but I don't know about it of a moral failing on the part of my mother I can't think of a single thing that anybody can raise against her as far as stealing something doing something um, her 
reputation is impeccable. I've always felt now, bad I've about Now, I've heard that sometimes she'll not park the car, but she'll pull up at a handicapped spot. To let somebody out. <laughs> to let somebody out. But as long as she keeps her foot on the brake, she's not parked. <laughs> I'm just saying that because Garrett and I just, uh, I picked up Garrett from his mom's vehicle, and she was in a handicapped spot. And I was like, Brenda, do you have a placard now? <laughs> just because we like to give her a hard time. Anyways, oh, yeah. continue. But yeah, like you know, I already talked about my dad being the opposite. But um, but even my dad wouldn't have thought it was okay for me to just go out randomly stealing from people, and like at a store. And my dad would have been the type that was like, "You're not in trouble because you stole. You're in trouble because you were dumb enough to get caught." You know. So. Yeah, I don't think my parents ever like. Like placed it upon me that it was okay to steal. Like I was very fortunate growing up. Like I had great parents. I probably did get almost everything I could have wanted or asked for. And my mom, I guess, would be the same, like, very, like, a good reputation, like, good in the community, like, she was a teacher, so that would have definitely reflected poorly on her, but my dad, being the total opposite, like, obviously, when you do bad things in your past, like, if you have a kid, I mean, I don't have kids, but you don't want the same for them, so even though my dad, like, would steal all the time and had a drug issue, I know that if he would have found out that I stole it would have killed him to know that like I made the same mistakes that he made. So never was there a point where my parents were like, yeah, you take what you want and you deserve it. So yeah. Um, <laughs> there's like a bunch of scribbled out in this question and it just says, why are you such a jerk? I think that was probably for me. Uh, I think we'll just skip to the next question. <laughs> skip. All right. Um, if you've decided to stop stealing, do you ever get tempted to steal something because an easy opportunity comes up? Tempted? Absolutely. I'll probably always have it in my head that, like, um, I'm driving home from work. At my old job, I had to drive through this small town. And people just randomly leave stuff out that, like, it, I'm driving home and it's just getting dark out. And I look in a yard and I can see from the street that there's, like, a Cannondale or, or a, a, like, a nice mountain bike laying out in a yard. And as soon as it gets dark out, it would be nothing to park uh, a block away, quietly walk up, grab the bike, walk off and ride away. And nobody will even know it, and I can get 200 bucks for that. That's an $800 mountain bike. I can get 200 bucks tomorrow for it. You know, just go to a different town or put it for sale somewhere else. Um, somebody has a rider mower sitting on the side of their house. Uh, no lock on it, anything like that. I, I Yeah, of course, I just have to, I just continual reminder that's not who I am anymore. But do you, so let me ask you this, do you actually have it as like a temptation or do you see it and just walk through in your head like how easy it could be and then like so i i have it where i'll be like it would be so easy for that to be stolen something like that and then walk through my head like if that person only knew they should take it they should uh, they should park the you know put their bike next to their house they should do something with it i would say it depends on the day because most days yeah i look at it and I go oh that's really foolish oh that's really dumb and there are some days where I'm like, man, that's 400 bucks in my pocket for five minutes worth of work. Man, that's really tough to turn down. You know, I've never 
since I've been free and since I've been doing right, I've never pumped the brakes. I've never um, even gave it a thought to where I'm like, I'll come back later. Right. Went around the block. Yeah, like, I've never like, cased anything or anything like that, but I have driven through, and the thought entered my mind, boy, that'd be a whole car payment. Like, wow, that's a that's a Harley payment. We're sitting right there in five minutes. And then I remind myself, you're already three months ahead on your Harley payment. Why would you risk everything for something stupid like that? And then the other thing that rings through my head is, now that you know how it feels to be stolen from, do you want to put that person through that? No, I don't, and I'm not that person anymore. Um, but yeah, there are days when... I go drive by and I almost want to knock on the door and say, hey, man, you should take better care of that because, you know, but then I think they'd be like, what kind of weirdo are you? Yeah, what weirdo? <laughs> you, you took the time to stop yeah, and tell me that. But yeah. I, I just now, and I'd like to say that, oh, it's so much better now, but the fact is, is that I opened that door for so long in my life that that's something that I'm prepared to spend the rest of my life reminding myself it's not worth it. Just like with drugs, just like with alcohol. Um, I have those thoughts and then I remind myself that's not the place I want to go anymore. And it is different because in the past you would circle the block. You would be like, yeah. I'm just going to double check and go, you'd go around the block maybe twice. Well, and what I'm going to do know, is I'm going to look at the windows. I'm going to look at every window that is exposed to that spot from the houses around there and figure out how many of those windows are bedroom windows. How, how many, many are in a living room where somebody yep. might be sitting? And then I'm going to say at 2 in the morning, how many people are sitting up in their living room? How many people are in their bedrooms? How much noise would it take to get it? I'm going to go through this whole checklist that I used to have. Um, because I will say this too. Um, I have 13 felonies. I bet you that I have been caught for less than 0.1% of the felonies I've committed. And that's not in any way bragging. But what I am saying is that I've done it so much in my life that it's almost like a, a system that goes through my head of like point A, point B, point C, point D, E, um, E part one, E part two, you know what I mean? And I go through all of that and decide the risk to the reward. Is it worth it? Um, and yeah, so I don't think I'll ever get to a point in my life where I don't notice low-hanging fruit. I guess it'd kind of be like a, I hate to put it this way because it sounds like such a, but like when a detective retires, but they always have that mindset of like uh, when they when they walk around, they're almost always suspicious of people, and they're they're quick to look at details, and they can recreate a a, a scene in their head because they've done it so much. And but but it's uh, it's on the same note. Ex criminals are the guys that get into security systems sure. because their mind can never stop looking for your weakness. Yeah. So people companies hire them because they're like. We think we got all our bases covered, but tell us what we're missing. And the guy's just like, let me tell you, yeah. you didn't do this. And their their mind is blown by like, yeah. holy crap, we thought we had it. And you come in here and poke all these holes yeah, in our, yeah. $5 million on infrastructure, but you never trained your receptionist not to let somebody into the server room without, you know, proper credentials. You just wasted a lot of money. So, yeah, um, yeah I agree with you there. So, so, yeah, I mean, even though you, you don't, you, you, you've got to look at the fact that your mind still works that way isn't like a curse that you have to be like, oh, I wish I could just yeah. go and think no. like a normal person. Like, you could use that to show people. Like, yeah. you would look like a weirdo if you just came up and knocked yeah. on someone's door and just like, hey, I just wanted to point out your mountain bike is vulnerable. Should, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and shut the door. Billy, get your damn bike out of the yard. 
you're like, no, you should be more grateful. Yeah. Thank me for telling you. Yeah. Like, it, you uh, can go I'll now. Take a consultant yeah. fee. <laughs> yeah. But no, and that's where uh, I guess I'm okay with the rest of my life because my commitment is that I'll never answer to that again. I'll never. Uh, I know whose voice that is now, and I'll never respond to it the way that I used to. I I think through the the action now, and I go, okay, so if I did do it, and I didn't get caught, I still ruined somebody's day. If I do get caught, I've ruined all of the work that I have put in to gain back the trust um, and relationship with my friends and family, and with the public. I, I continually have people that have unfriended me on Facebook, refriend me, and be like, hey man, I heard you're doing awesome, and just since, you know, and, and, uh, and I always accept the friend requests, because I'm like, you know what, the person that I was, you had every right to unfriend me. Um, so I guess, I don't know, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. I don't think I have like a super good answer to that question. Tempted? No, not anymore. Ever. Knowing that it would be easy. Yeah. The thought of like getting something, not having to work for it for sure. But uh, it's never been in me to be like, Oh, I'm really tempted to get that. Like, that's just not who I am anymore. So, um, knowing that I could, yeah, but I don't think necessarily felt tempted to. Okay, there's only two more questions, but I'm going to flip them around because I think one will be a better ending question. Um, have you ever willingly returned something you stole? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I used to break into storage lockers, and I had this method where I'd go and cut all the locks. Like, I would buy a four-pack of cheap padlocks, and they all were these, uh, they had a bright red rubber bottom on them, and then I would take, like, four storage lockers in a row where they'd have nice padlocks and I'd use a bolt cutter and cut them all off and put them in my pockets and then I'd hang these locks on and then at like 8 30 in the morning I'd pick up a female and an aluminum trailer with my SUV and just we'd pull up and I'd like open up the locker and I'd have the key hanging on the lock and we'd go through there quick and I would load up trailers um and if I and this was like my fate this was my false sense of morality was I would get home and if I ever went through something and found a bunch of pictures or or like graduation, like if it was sentimental stuff, birth records and stuff, I would take that box or I would take everything and put it into one box and drive back and unlock the locker and slide it back in and close it and literally drive away like, I don't steal memories. Like, I'll steal, <laughs> I'll steal your CD player, yeah. but not your photo album. This is the best part. I'll steal your grandma's antiques. <laughs> But not your freaking photos. Like, I'm not that kind of guy. I would literally do that kind of stuff and right. tell myself, like, right. you know what, Garrett? You're an all right dude. <laughs> you're not that bad. Yeah. You're not. So you look in the mirror like, I just, and this is what I'm saying in my head. Like, I'm going behind enemy lines and risking everything. Give them back. Yeah, like if they they're only gonna, knew, yeah. they only knew what I was doing I imagine them. they open up the place and they're like, oh my God, they robbed everything. Oh, good, my graduation photos. All in a thank different God. box yeah. for us. Like, yeah, oh, thank goodness. What a great guy. He had the heart to make sure he didn't steal our memories. Oh, where's Grandma's grandfather clock? Oh, that's gone. Where's all the... Ant I'm not going to start speaking about specifics, but um, yeah, like I, I actually in my head would convince myself that like, I don't steal memories. Like I realized now how stupid that sounds, but... Yeah, there was times I put that back, but I never put back something of value, of actual tangible value. Like, that was gone, you know? 
I'm just like picturing you driving away, like real badass, like looking back, just saying, I don't steal memories. No, I got like a chick with me. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, see, babe, we don't do that. <laughs> That's now, all ahead, I'm picturing. Go ahead and hit this nut pipe. <laughs> 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 but we don't do that. Keep it classy. Yeah, keep it classy. Um, what was the, I don't, I don't, I never returned anything willingly that sure. I stole. Um, I don't know. I just, just, I would never even think about doing that. I have never returned anything back when I was stealing that I stole. Like I said, if I couldn't figure it out, I was just like, just toss it away because I'm not out. Um, I have though had a time where I like, this is how much I, my character is different than it was before. Like I bought a cold chisel from Walmart and it was in the self checkout and you know how they've got the little thing and it weighs everything. And I was, I got, I don't know, 10 different items. This thing weighed six pounds and it didn't register in the thing. It didn't scan it. It beeped. And then when I put it in, it didn't register it. And it was like 10 bucks. And I came back the next day after I looked at my receipt and I was like, wait a minute, how did everything only add up to like 13 or $15 or whatever it was? I was like, that one thing was 10 bucks. And then I look at the receipt and I'm like, that isn't on there. How is that not on there? And I went back in to customer service and I said, hey, I bought this yesterday and it didn't ring up. So I'd just like to pay for it. And the guy was like, what? And I'm like, and you might want to check checkout number two in the self-checkout because I don't know how the scale didn't register this thing. Yeah. Because if you try and just put things on there that you didn't scan, it says, hey, there's another. And you know, it, it, yeah, them, huh? yeah, it knows. And he was kind of like, okay, thank you. Like, yeah. And I was like, just wanted to make sure, you know, here's the 10 bucks or whatever for this item. But he mm. kind of, his mind was like, well, you came back here for that? <laughs> that's the amazing part of a life transformed is that I wouldn't sell my integrity for anything now. Like, uh, I like who I am for the first time in my life. I like what I'm about. And that's how I think. Like, when I when I look at getting away with, if, if they give me too much change back, I will say, uh, you gave me an extra $5 bill. Because as I leave that place, I much prefer the feeling of being a, a man of God and a man of integrity way more than an extra $5 or $20 or $200. I don't want to be that person that would sell their integrity for that, especially as damaged as I've been in the past and as much damage as I've done in the past. The one thing I, I could never pay back all the victims of my crimes. If I were to start adding it up, it's overwhelming. But the one thing that I can do for them is never be that man again. And not only... The only way that I'm going to never be that man again is to fill that identity with a different one. And that identity is as a man of God and just a man of integrity. A the man, man that, who yeah. would do the right thing. I, adherence, everybody always says uh, integrity is doing the right thing when nobody's looking. But the actual definition of integrity is strict adherence to a moral code. I like that definition better. And that's yeah, the one that I, I try and say. I like to. what you said about if you get too much change back. And my first uh father-in-law george and i think i've talked about him in previous episodes he uh shared a story about how i think he was getting donuts one time and he it was like a drive-through place and he gave them a 10 and they gave him back change for a 20 so they gave him an extra 10 and he handed it back 
And the guy thought he was giving him a tip, and he was like, gee, thanks, mister. And he's like, it broke my heart because I had to be like, no, you gave me too much. Like, I'm not giving you a $10 tip for the $10 worth of donuts yeah. I bought. But the I'm guy, just... he's like, the response was, he's like, gee, thanks, man. And he's like, yeah, you gave me change for a 20. Like, don't pocket that. <laughs> your but I don't want your till to but be yeah, short. Yeah, I don't want your till to be short. <laughs> gee, thanks, guy. <laughs> Okay, last question. If you have decided to stop stealing, what were your reasons for deciding to stop? Can I, if I hadn't decided to stop, I wouldn't be talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still in the game, see? Lock up your stuff. Yeah. Yeah, lock your stuff up, because you're a real fool. If you, don't have a, if you don't have a lock on it, put a bow on it for me, see? <laughs> <laughs> So the question was basically, if you have decided to stop stealing, what was the rest of the question? I'm what sorry. was your reason for deciding to stop? Was it because, was it, so, like, for you, example, was it because you're just sick of prison and you're like, I don't want to go back, but boy, I really like that stealing. You know, it's funny because there's so much to that question for me, and I'll make it as simple as I can. I got to a point where I no longer wanted to live as like, I no longer wanted to live. But it didn't mean I wanted to die. It meant that I no longer wanted to live as I saw living. And I came to a point where I wanted to change more than I wanted my next breath. And I reached out and asked God to help me. And he met me in that place. And ever since that, um, so ever since then, he has given me the either the strength or the escape to deal with the issues that I have to deal with. And thankfully, I got into treatment, you know, um, I, I went through uh, long-term uh, cognitive behavior therapy, which helped me to get from my... Exter you, you, you think that you just think things, but you don't. You have these core beliefs underneath of all that. And you have these distorted... Most people that have messed up thinking, they have messed up core beliefs. And those usually are, I am, others are, and the world is. And what I find is that when I start thinking, uh, others must always do... Other, things must always go my way. When they don't, I self-destruct. So I had to change some of those core beliefs and start to learn that life isn't what I thought it was. And it doesn't have to be what I thought it is. And that's what changed for me. And when I start, and the other thing was becoming abstinent from drugs and alcohol completely. In addiction, I have no morals. But in recovery, uh, I am morally complete. Yeah, for me it was getting rid of that myopic view of life or it, it's just another way of wording what you just said like I was only thinking about me I wasn't thinking about how any of my actions were affecting anyone outside of me and I deserve this <clears throat> excuse me uh so yeah just realizing like oh yeah maybe even though it was a, a big corporation a Walmart or a Best Buy like there's still victims and what makes you think that you deserve that where the other guy, just because you're you're good at it, like I said, I was listening to that little voice on the, the the wrong shoulder saying, like, you're good at this. Look at how you can get away with it. Don't be a chump and pay for it. Like, just take it. Like, uh, just realizing and listening to the other shoulder, you know, listening to the, the other guy who was like, do you really need that? Uh, I yeah. talked about it in one of the other episodes where, like, you know, when I found God, like, I stole all the time. And... When I got out of jail, I stole the very same day. And there was a little voice that said, do you really need to do this? And that voice just wasn't there before. 
And then it was. And it was like, finally listening to that, like, do I need to do this? Uh, and even though that I heard that voice that day, I still stole, right? That voice didn't say, it wasn't a booming voice that says, thou shall not steal, and I wasn't physically able to do it. It's your choice. You can still do it if you wanted to. And I did plenty of times after I, you know, sure. found God in a jail used cell. Drugs but, plenty of times. And used drugs. But, but for me, in using drugs, whether it's drugs or alcohol, some people can drink and not have a problem with it. Anytime I used or I did drugs, that little voice, the, 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 the wrong guy, I, his voice got turned up, right? And I was hearing that so much more where it was going to talk me into doing things I shouldn't be doing. And so that's why I steer clear of all of that uh, just Good. because I know that that little voice will get loud. He's got a megaphone and he's yelling in your ear about, hey, you should do this or you should do that. But, yeah. Um, I think for me, I just recognized, like, as I got older, like growing into an adult that at the time that I did those things, um, I didn't like who I was. There was a part of me missing that like wasn't complete. And so it was as simple as just like finding out what that was and just not doing it anymore. Just recognizing that it wasn't the lifestyle that you needed to be living. So it was just kind of recognizing within myself that just don't be a dumbass, like just quit. So yeah, like I said, I with, with that example I gave of where I came back the next day and paid for something, like even the guy was kind of looking at me like, we're Walmart, if you didn't give us the 10 bucks and you, you could have had a freebie, like there you go, you didn't do anything wrong, yeah. right? But I was like, no, I want to pay for the item and you should maybe check that because that scale is not working on that register. Yeah. But uh, I want to be the person who's going to live my life that way. I, I wish now that I grew up in the generation or two before me where the majority of people lived by that uh, code because in today's world I'm in no place to judge other people with the things I've done in the past but now I feel like I'm outnumbered um, I don't feel like I fit into the society of today because the society of today is so quick to be like finders keepers losers weepers uh, uh, you know, like all those things, like, uh, yeah, if you, you know, if you're dumb enough to lose it, I'm, I'm quick enough to find it. It's mine now. Um, that's it permeated our society to the point now where I think the majority of people pick up the $10 bill and put it in their pocket rather than see where, who lost it. So. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, with that, we're at about 58 minutes. Um, I think we're going to title this one court ordered therapy session two and now angie thanks for joining us on this you're officially a a licensed alcohol and drug counselor right yes yeah i am you are thanks for having me yeah well it was great so um is there any closing thoughts before we go i think next time we're gonna flip the script and we're gonna do therapy on the therapist. What do you yeah, think of that? I, I think that that would be good because I think she has a lot of stuff that she needs to she do. She does. You seem to have a lot of stuff. All right. Uh, with that, if <laughs> any of you listening out there have any questions for us that you'd like to hear us have as a topic of discussion, you can reach out to us by uh, email at uh, – our email address is contact us at wadetheelephant.com. That is C-O-N-T-A-C-T-U-S at – W-A-Y-D-T-H-E 
E-L-E-P-H-A-N-T.com, or you can go to wadetheelephant.com website and check out all the different links to the different podcast platforms there. All right, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Oh.